Welcome to the Health Admin Life Podcast. My name is Brooke, and I'm going to interview special guests to explore the vast career opportunities in health administration. Whether you're a clinical professional, a corporate worker, a student, or a patient yourself, this podcast is for everyone. Get ready to be inspired. Hello, current and future healthcare leaders. Welcome to the Health Admin Life Podcast. My name is Brooke, and today I would like to welcome Kyle Underwood, Program Manager, and Adam Haas, Administrative Assistant 2, both within the Head and Neck Institute at Cleveland Clinic. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you both are and your relationship with each other? Yes, certainly. Thank you again, Brooke, for the opportunity to talk with you today and your audience. My name is Kyle Underwood, and like Brooke said, I'm a program manager at the Head and Neck Institute at the Cleveland Clinic. For me, healthcare is really personal. At the age of four, I was actually diagnosed with a rare disease called Hunter's Syndrome, which led to a lifetime of surgeries, medical visits, and weekly infusions that really allowed me to see what it meant to be a patient in our healthcare system. The good, the bad, the ugly, I've seen it all, and that informed my desire to go into healthcare. I did my undergrad at UC San Diego, where I studied public health and business, and then from there got my graduate degree at USC and my master's in health administration. Throughout my collegiate career, I worked at a small regional hospital and administrative units, as well as worked for a telehealth company, and most recently, prior to starting my fellowship, I worked at Providence St. Joseph Health in a strategy business development arm. Now, why Cleveland from San Diego? Um, I decided I wanted to pursue something um, that got me out of my comfort zone and decided to go on and do an administrative fellowship at the Cleveland Clinic, which was a whirlwind experience. I spent a year in a variety of projects across the enterprise, which then led to my current role now. And how did I meet um, Adam? Well, Adam is actually um, a colleague of mine in the Head and Neck Institute. He's a mentee and a great friend, and we do a lot of work not only in the Cleveland Clinic, but outside. We work for ACHE, supporting programming, as well as a lot of advocacy work in the community. And I'll hand it off to Adam to introduce himself. Brooke, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, it's definitely awesome to get on here, you know, talk about things that are very important to us. Um, you know, growing up, my father was a physician. Uh, you know, back in 2010, there was not a lot of administration support. So seeing my father mm-hmm. come home so late, being on call, you know, not being able to go to those sporting events when I was a young teen, not being able to go to the Christmas dinners because he was on call, right? So doing so and seeing that, it really pushed me early on to understand that I am enamored with understanding how healthcare works and, you know, trying to eliminate burnout. So that's why I do what I want to do. Um, so at my undergraduate degree at Kent State University here um, in Ohio, I studied business management with a focus in healthcare management and public health. Uh, when I graduated this past May, um, I left my role that I was in, which I was working at Akron General Cleveland Clinic as a healthcare coordinator. I was super blessed to have that opportunity, taught me a lot about healthcare, uh, really, really taught me the ins and outs. Um, I'm super blessed for that. So when I graduated, I ended up taking a role at the Head and Neck Institute where Kyle was as an administrative assistant. Um, I really wanted to learn inpatient, outpatient styles of healthcare. Doing so now, I'm able to support um, otology, head and neck cancer, audiology, dental. So it really does give me an inside look of how healthcare works and working directly with providers. Uh, Like Kyle said, we both work on ACHE. I help with marketing deliverables, um, as well as programming for the other graduate schools. I'm currently enrolled at Case Western Reserve University for a master's in healthcare management. And, you know, when me and Kyle met, you know, it really started as mentor-mentee. And after a couple months, it just blossomed into an amazing friendship that, you know, we're able to take everywhere and, you know, hopefully make an impact on the world. Thank you both for sharing. I think you have incredible stories and it is great to see two great leaders in the healthcare industry. I think that a lot of people in health administration don't know that there are so many administrative roles and opportunities within academic medical centers. 
can you both elaborate on your positions a little bit more, maybe even the day-to-day um, duties or operations? Definitely. I'll get started. Uh, for one, every day is different. Um, healthcare is, I would say, a constant uh, fire alarm drill. So one day you may be uh, figuring out some data in an Excel case, or the next day you might be dealing with some provider issues, and another day just dealing with some patients and, and seeing how you can make their lives better. My role as a program manager is I'm really driving and supporting projects across our institute. So making sure that we're doing things the right way to improve patient care and make lives better for our providers. And also with that, making sure that as things are brought to the table, really being strategic and understanding, we wanna take take a stab at this and it's gonna to lead to our ultimate growth and making decisions that maybe we're not gonna pursue this further. Um, also with that being said, a lot of my role is also making sure that I'm being a mentor and a value adder to our team. You know, healthcare is a very difficult uh, place to be. We all are there for one reason. It's to make people's lives better and make them make them healthier and really change the world we live in. And I think being that kind of spotlight and motivational person on the floor is very important. And it's very exciting to be able to work with Adam because he's able to support that in different facets, but also on the same team. So I'll hand it off to you. Yeah. So, you know, being an administrative assistant, sometimes the title can, can, you know, talk about one thing, but it's really a very broad, um, broad job. So for me, supporting otology or head and neck cancer or dental, no matter what the department is, it's really cool because I get to report directly to um, providers, whether it be an APP, whether it be an MD, whether it be an RN, it doesn't matter. Um, I get to report directly with them and, you know, help whether it be a stretch project for process improvement or clinical operations. Because sometimes I get to interloop with Kyle so we get to work on stuff together, it's really cool. Or it's, you know, helping a patient get in sooner or, or schedule surgery. Um, and, you know, like Kyle said, right, being on the floor, being a mentor, you know, finding mentees. For me, um, you know, it's making a difference on my floor, you know, getting the energy up, you know, working on a culture, trying to make a difference on our floor because energy is contagious, right? So mm-hmm. although we may have our roles and our titles, we're a lot deeper than really just those titles. We try to really extend value and impact. Thank you for explaining. And I completely agree. I think a lot of titles within healthcare can be interchangeable and they aren't really encompassing of what it takes and what you actually do on a daily basis. So I appreciate you guys going into a little bit more of detail. Another question I had is that you both work within, um, I guess, an AMC at Cleveland Clinic. And I always thought Cleveland Clinic was a little bit more than that. Do you do more than, um, I guess, academic work? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, Gina Cronin, our chief town officer, always says it best. Is we're we're not an AMC. We're not necessarily just a, a you know a a general you know we're not a for profit hospital. We're not a general you know run of the mill hospital. We are a truly an innovative machine. And when I say that, it's really about we bring in academic medicine. We're training the future talent in the, in the healthcare space, but we're also focusing on research, we're delivering high quality care, and we're being very strategic and making sure that we're delivering healthcare that's best for the next 100 years. I think a lot of times people in health systems have their own niche and how they go about things, but we're kind of like this triad that does a little bit of everything, and we do it very well. And I think, you know, Adam has been able to talk about, you know, working directly with providers that they have research, they have patients, they deliver care, they do surgeries, and they're also working on innovation. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So when I was 20 working at a level one trauma unit, you know, it was so cool being on the floor with residents learning on the spot, right? When that level one trauma comes in, when something so traumatic comes in and you see 
you know, these attendings working hand in hand with these residents, you know, me helping coordinate that. It was so cool to see, you know, how innovative the hospital is, but how much everyone works as a team, right? So on my floor now, you know, it's not being, you know, it's crazy. Um, you know, I help su support the speech department here. Um, and one of the providers that I work with, Dr. Claudio Milstein, he does a lot of research. Um, you know, he's traveled all over the country talking about certain treatments or, you know, certain styles of speech therapy, you know, that has gone viral, right? And it, it's all representation of the Cleveland Clinic and the value that it brings, you know, not just as, you know, an academic medical center or a treatment-based hospital, just the innovation and, you know, future that it really brings to the world, you know, is monumental. Thank you. That is definitely way more than I expected you both to say, but it's great to know that it's more than just an AMC on uh, the title. I Another question I have is I would love to know how you both got to where you are today. I know you kind of gave me the rundown and a little bit of your background, but what would you say it takes to be in the positions you're in today? You know, getting to the position where you want to go, you know, one thing Kyle taught me is embrace the unknown, right? Like we're not where we want to be yet. You know, we, we expect more, um, but we're so blessed to have gotten where we are now. And we've done it by moving intentionally, being authentic, you know, understanding that just a simple hello can change someone's day. So when the way we move and the way that we in intentionally try to make an impact, no matter who it be, you know, one of our mentors, Aaron Bizak, um, out in San Diego really taught us that if you move properly and think, you know, articulately, you know, and just make that difference on the floor, whether, like I said, in the ED or whether, you know, being a resident in another hospital, if you just act how you really are and with a big heart, you'll make it. And I think another thing is adding on to that is it's healthcare is very relational. You know, healthcare is actually very small. Um, we're, you know, we might, we might seem like we are a big, a big community, but at the end of the day, it's when you get to talk to people, you know, people from this area and this area and having those relationships and building strong relationships that are not only just built on the professional, you know, academic piece, but just being friends and understanding their value of, hey, if I'm going through something, I can call you. And I think for me, getting to where I'm at is having those strong mentors that spoke into me and showed me the importance of adding value to others and having a strategic plan from the get go. But understanding a plan, it's not like it's a roadmap, but it's not like the, the, mm -hmm. the bullseye. You have to use that as a kind of a, a direction, but it's not going to be the end all be all and being flexible along the way and having those relationships to say, pick up a phone and say, Hey, I'm going through this. How would I navigate this process? So at the end of the day, it's a lot about leaning on your network and the people that have helped you get to where you're at. You're doing the same for others in their career journey. I completely agree. I, I think that you do have to have the technical skills, but soft skills are so important. So it's not always what you know, but it's who you know and building those relationships and connections are extremely important in healthcare. For my next question, what is your favorite thing about working in healthcare? Ooh, that's, there's a lot. Um, I will just say every day is different. I'm always excited and energized and, you know, coming to the office and coming to the hospital and, and seeing that, you know, one day you might expect something and it's completely different. On the flip side, I'm very thankful and blessed that I get to see the impact we make on patients' lives. You know, the Cleveland Clinic, the, mo the mantra is patients first. And as a patient myself, I've lived that. But I enjoy just going and speaking to patients, whether it be a pediatric patient that may have a similar condition as me or an adult patient that's, you know, has some hearing loss that they finally are able to hear better. Like, just seeing them light up and see that we're making their lives different 
is something that gives me joy. And, you know, Kyle hit the nail on the head there. Absolutely. You're right. Patients first. Patient experience is so important to me. Right. And I think for healthcare going forward for both of us, we work as a team, right? We work with whether it be a clinical provider or whether it be an administration provider, no matter what we do, we all think as thought partners. We all work together and it's teamwork that I love. I love coming together, sitting at a round table, spitting ideas back and forth, looking at a spider graph. It doesn't matter, mm -hmm. right? Working as a team to me is just so fun and it's just energetic. That's really what, what makes me enjoy healthcare so much. Thank you. And I think at the end of the day, there's two things. I think that as healthcare administrators, you have to have a passion for healthcare, but also people because you're impacting patients' lives directly or indirectly. Your work is so important, but also your team is so important. So the culture, um, the people are important, so you have to take care of them. And so do you have any advice or insights to aspiring leaders going into health admin? So to me, that question is so powerful, right? And it's because when I first started at Akron General, I didn't know anybody, right? When I came to Cleveland Clinic, I didn't know anybody. And I think if you're trying to, you know, develop yourself, be a better person, but also be a better, you know, healthcare administrator or provider, no matter what it is in healthcare, I think you need to move with, trans with transparency. You need to be transparent. You need to act normal in yourself, be yourself. Because when I accepted fully being myself, it allowed me to move with so much passion, so much intention and really, you know, get close with Kyle, right? I remember when I was about in October, a couple months ago, I was sitting there on LinkedIn, just scrolling through and, you know, I was sitting there with my dog on the couch, just relaxing, watching football and something hit me where I was like, I was just writing in my notes. I was like, this is what I want to do. This is my mentor found me and we really work together. And I put that post on LinkedIn um, and so many people were engaging on it saying, wow, like this is beautiful, right? If you move this way, you're going to get to that next spot you want to get to naturally. I don't know how I can uh, top that one, but I think adding on to that, you know, something that uh, Adam and I have both appreciated is, you know, our institute administrator, Dan Karchmer, has mm -hmm. been a true light and a true voice in our early career. A couple of things that he's taught us is, you know, fail forward and fail fast. So it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to learn from them, but continue to move forward and work and go, go in the direction of don't letting it bring you down. Another thing is continue to ask questions and be curious. Mm -hmm. The best thing to do to make sure mm -hmm. that we're inciting change and being a thought partner is asking the right questions and then being okay to not know the answer because there will be someone that knows the answer. And lastly, this is something that we both have very been strong about is knowing your why and living out that why. Once you know your purpose for what you're doing in healthcare, everything else will follow. It'll energize you. It'll get you through those hard days. It'll make coming to work that much better. Thank you. I think that's extremely great advice. And something else I think you both have mentioned is that mentorship is really important. And I know that you both are close. How did you develop your relationship and gaining that trust and even transparency? Sure. So we both started on like the same day. So it was, it was kind of weird, the timing, how it aligned there. Um, and, you know, we were both the two new, new guys, right? So I remember he shot me an email saying, hey, would you love to grab lunch? And I was like, of course. I was like, I'm new, you're new, let's grab lunch, right? So we ended up grabbing lunch and, you know, it started just, you know, teaching me technical skills, right? And slowly talking about soft skills, realizing we had so much in common, right? So when this 
blossomed and it really started getting to the next step. We were coming over, we were going on vacations. We just went to Florida, you know, yeah. had a great time, you know, now we're going on continuous trips. Right. And I show dogs as well on the side of your dog shows. He's at every single dog show. Right. So it was not forcing it. Right. It was realizing that we're so similar, but also so different. And we just allowed it to naturally flow. And it's, it's been such a beautiful thing to see. And it was, it was unexpected. Right. So, you know, it's just, it was God's timing for that. Absolutely. God's timing. And I think, you know, adding on to that, just something that Chris Van Gorder, a great mentor to us as well from San Diego, he always said, you know, what's going to make you get through your day to day is making friends. And Adam and I have a lifetime friendship from this and it's coming from not just, you know, the, the professional development that we built, but it's a true intention that we take each day. We're very similar in how we approach problems and think through things, but we also learn from each other. And the transparency comes from the fact of being able to ask the questions, the hard questions and say, hey, I, did I make a mistake today? How can I do this better? Having an accountability partner throughout. And it's, it's exciting to watch him blossom because it's, it's, it just makes me think of, you know, when I was in his shoes and he's helped me get to where I'm at. And as someone who, uh, who left um, his entire family and across the country, it's nice to know that I have someone to kind of lean on, have a great friend group and family group that came out of it. But at the end of the day, it's just really about making sure those relationships you build are not just, you know, hey, in the office, hey, how's it going? But truly those friendships. I completely agree. I would even say that I work better. I would say the closer I am to my team, do you have to get to the point where it's uncomfortably close? No, I think there is a balance. I think, um, you don't have to share everything about your life with your coworkers, but I think having great mentors is something that'll help you exponentially grow. So I think there, there can always be a good balance, but creating friends is key throughout the industry. I would also ask this question to both of you and, um, because I just thought of it, but how do you navigate work-life balance? Because I think as young leaders, you were learning, you want to help where you can, but it's also like, I, I still want to have a life outside of work. I think it comes down to accountability. And I think, you know, the beauty of our relationship is that friendship is that we need to have life out of work in order to be well in our job. And I think making the time and intentional effort to say, hey, we're going to spend this weekend, you know, going to a football game, or we're going to spend this weekend going to travel. And, and the nice thing about us being in the same industry is we know the demands of the role and having that um, kind of synchness of how we're going to approach the day-to-day -day work problems. And we can be like, okay, we need a break. We need a break. Because sometimes people don't understand being, you know, outside of healthcare, what it's like and having that open conversation. You know, seeing the work-life balance through my father, right, not really having that really showed me how important that is. You know, it's so vital to shut down and restart, right? You know, take that weekend, take that PTO day, you know, take that vacation, right? Like have that, that fun, right? And I think also if you find fun in the work and you enjoy the work, you can really hone in and create, you know, a dynamic of that work-life balance. Um, but like one thing that my uncle taught me a lot too um, is get out of your comfort zone, go travel. You know, if you're, from San Diego, right? Go travel to Wisconsin, right? Do something so out of the ordinary and that really will help hone in on your work-life balance. Thank you. And even a question off of that with traveling, I think in this day and age in the world we live in right now, I think there's a lot of opportunity to work remote. 
but I think there is some benefits to working remote, but also benefits to working in person. What would you both have to comment on that? And what are your thoughts on remote work versus in-person work? You know, as someone who had the opportunity to have that flexibility, um, I prefer in-person working. I think that's, a, you know, it's kind of the water cooler discussions and having those that, you know, ability to thought partner and think with your colleague, but also, again, building those relationships. However, the beauty of remote work for myself, and I think it's speaking more to um, individuals in the disability community, it's a place that I'm very um, strongly passionate about, that people can remote work and work from home and be able to still live fulfilled lives or go to a doctor's appointment. Like for myself, I remote work one day a week at the, at the infusion center so I can get my infusion weekly and then go back and do my work. And it's also allowed me to travel and do things like that. But at the end of the day, I think the hybrid model is probably going to stay. I think having in-person work is important to build those relationships and also be able to really be thought partners with others. I, I mean, if I wasn't in-person, I wouldn't have met Adam. So that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's the truth. Uh, for myself, I have the opportunity to work from home if I pursued it right now. You know, I love being on campus, right? I love being there because we have friends outside of our institute, right? We go down to the cafeteria, you know, we see MDs, we see administrators that we know, right? So I feel like you can't contribute to that culture change as much if you're online. However, you know, say there is a really bad snowstorm or say you're not feeling well, you can still support the team if you're working virtually. So it both have have their benefits. And I think it's honing in on that, that direct relationship between them and utilizing both to the best of their abilities. I, I think these are great thoughts and different viewpoints than what I was thinking. And so I guess for me, the way I think of it is as a, as a newcomer into the industry, I think it was really important for my growth to work in person. But now I, I really enjoy working remote. So now I'm like, how do you get people to go back and work in person? Because there are benefits, but at the same time, I don't know if we'll ever get fully in person. And I don't think we'll ever maybe even get fully remote. I think the hybrid model is here to stay for a while. Um, for my, one of my last questions, I was wondering if there was one thing that you could improve within the healthcare delivery system, what would it be? Oh, that's a big one. Um, as a patient, I will give my perspective. Um, Transitions of care. Um, I think, you know, personally, when I went from pediatric care to adult care, it was a rough transition. And that was just because, um, frankly, there is not really a catchment or a, a bridge for those individuals that have gone through care ever since they're a child. But that also, also leads to transitions of care, you know, from someone that's going out of surgery, doesn't have a safe place to go home, they might have to go to a skilled nursing facility, or even just handoffs between a doctor to a nurse. I think the issue that we have in our American healthcare system is having those transitions be seamless. Because the transitions are important for that continuum of care to be successful and something that we need to continue to work on. So if we can fix that, I think we can fit up, fix a lot of issues down the road. Yeah, for myself, you know, one area improvement that I see um, on a daily basis is, you know, clinical operational flow, clinical operations, right? You know, I, I look at it as, like I said before, that perfect balance. You know, if you improve clinical operations, you find a way to be more efficient and effective. It doesn't just help the MDs and the nurses and the APPs with burnout, but it also gets more patients in and sees more patients and up, you know, up the outcome rates, right? So, you know, and that can also affect surgery allocations, right? So those clinical operations is such a broad, a broad dimension. And if you can improve clinical operations, in my opinion, you're helping the entire floor of a hospital. Thank you. And 
the harder question on top of this is, do you think there is a way to fix this? Do you have any ideas? And this isn't supposed to put you on the spot, but I think it, it does help to start talking about and having these kinds of conversations. I think there is opportunity and there will be a way to fix it. We have a lot of talented, intentional people in the industry, um, very smart individuals that can make a difference. It's a matter of bringing the right people in the right room to get those things changed. And I think for me, when it comes to transitions of care, I think um, the clinic actually has a great model. I think specifically for the pediatrics and adult space is that they have curated disease programs around certain individuals that have a certain disease that have their care team all set up so they can easily be navigated through their care journey so that nothing gets missed. However, the Cleveland Clinic is a Cleveland Clinic. Not everybody can be to Cleveland Clinic. So how do you replicate that? I think it's going to be less burden on the healthcare system and more um, engagement on making patients their own advocates and giving them, equipping them with tools to be their best advocate for themselves and their families. Because at the end of the day, we don't have enough, we don't have, we're, we're in a staffing crisis. We don't have enough, have enough support, but we need to empower our patients to talk for themselves. And, you know, Kyle hit the nail on the head there as well. Um, for clinical operations, right, like I said, it's so broad, right? So one thing that I noticed with working in otology, you know, one of the doctors I support, an amazing human being, Dr. Ksenia Aaron, um, she met with some of our leadership team and she realized, hey, I'm seeing this population of patients. I'm seeing this population of patients. Why don't we create a slot that only this certain diagnosis can go into so I'm able to see that patient as well as all the other patient demand that I have. So, you know, those clinical operations, right, of, you know, creating clinic flow to allow it to flow in a proper way, more efficiently and effective while seeing so many patients, but as well giving that patient the best experience, right? So, you know, fo focusing on those pre-op or post-op appointments, you know, with surgery, pre-surgery, post-surgery, you know, finding a way to allow all that to flow is so vital. And I think, you know, clinical management does a very good job of that. Thank you so much for sharing, both of you. And I also want to say thank you both to you, Kyle and Adam, for sharing your stories. I think um, this has been such a wonderful conversation. And I think that listeners would love to stay connected. Is there a way that people can stay connected with you after the show? Definitely. Well, we're both on LinkedIn. You can look up our names. Um, and then, I, you know, we have our social media as well. I think we'll include it with, uh, in the information. But feel free to reach out to us. We always like to have a, a conversation. We love to learn from others. Yeah, you know, LinkedIn is a great way to catch us, right? We love to connect. We love, you know, whether it be Kyle mentoring someone and, you know, us sharing our mentor medship relationship as well as me helping, you know, the early careerists navigate. Um, LinkedIn is a great way to message us. Also, you know, if you work at the Cleveland Clinic and you're seeing this, come find us, yeah. right? Come find us. Let's go grab lunch and, you know, let's connect. Wonderful. And I want to say thank you everyone for listening. To listen to more episodes, check out the link in my bio at Health Admin Life on TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube. Today's show is brought to you by our sponsors, Riverside and Anchor by Spotify.